0: This is Clark Emerson. This is Chase Smith. Thanks for listening. Uh, Chase is back in town uh, after he moved about two weeks ago to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Chase, why'd you and Jess move up there?
1: Well, we uh, moved, like I said, like Clark said, two weeks ago, um, kind of part of an expansion team to start campus outreach at Western Michigan University. And so uh, we'll kind of be launching that ministry um, coming the fall. And so moved up there, uh, got all moved into the apartment, getting plugged into the church.
0: Chase is joining two other families who are already in Kalamazoo. They moved up about a year ago. And then another family is moving from Chicago to join them. So the four families will be in Kalamazoo on Western Michigan's campus. It's a campus of about 25,000 students um, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's one of uh, the larger state schools in the state. And they'll be doing what we did here at Bradley, um, going on to the campus in the cafeterias and in dorm rooms to Meet students and share the gospel, Um, and I think it's helpful to know a little bit about why we're expanding. Uh, Why would Chase and Jess leave um, Bradley and Peoria and move with these other couples up to Kalamazoo?
1: Yeah, so kind of this idea of expansion. You know, any time that a campus outreach expands, I explain this in a lot of our support raising presentations. Some of you have probably heard this, but. Camp Savage is built on the back of this idea of life-on-life discipleship and evangelism, uh, and it only grows really through the process of multiplication. So um, if I lead someone to Christ and they lead another guy to Christ who leads another guy to Christ, so on and so forth, is our ministry really grows like that. We'll use programs and events and large group meetings, but most of it is just one-on-one evangelism and discipleship, uh, man-to-man, woman-to-woman. And so that any time that we really expand it's only if this process of multiplication has worked, and so if Central Illinois, the ministry here has uh, been able to share their faith, see enough people come to Christ, enough people raised up to maturity, then we are able to send on to a new region. And really, kind of some of what Campus Outreach is promising to do, anytime a new region is started, is to say when we, when that region comes to the place of maturity uh, and kind of in their life cycle that they're able to send out a new region to go somewhere else that hasn't had a faithful gospel presence at the heart of the campus, then that region is promising to do likewise. So as we're going to Michigan, we don't just have a vision for Michigan, but we have a vision to say we want to send out a new campus outreach region to a new place, whether it be internationally, whether it be somewhere else in the country where Christ isn't proclaimed and exalted. And so that's kind of the point of it is that we're trying to see multiplication flourish, and we're trying to be faithful to this idea of the Great Commission.
0: You know, I like to think about history and kind of the historical movement. So even as we look at campus outreach as just a smaller movement of campus ministries, as it started about 40 to 45 years ago on one campus in Birmingham, Alabama. And from there, the, the region grew and planted several other campuses as this process that Chase was talking about occurred And then from Birmingham, they launched a new region and then several regions and eventually came to Memphis, Tennessee, I I believe. And from there, that region really flourished. And over the course of several years, saw students come to Christ and come on staff, um, be developed. And then at the ministry, its campuses, its staff, uh, and the movement as a whole was at a place where it could launch Central Illinois around 15 to 20 years ago. And they came to Bradley here in Peoria and started a new region. And again, the region flourished and the gospel flourished and as students came to Christ, uh, as they were developed in their faith and the staff team grew and the movement grew. So now here in Illinois, we're on five campuses and our region has come to a place where we can now expand. And so the movement continues to jump from one city and state to another. And so I think the vision not only is that we would get to see another region planted from the Michigan expansion, but that we would expand from one city, Kalamazoo, Michigan, to several cities and several campuses and get to see kind of the gospel presence envelop all of Western Michigan, that from Grand Rapids down to Kalamazoo and all the way east to Lansing or Detroit, the gospel would be proclaimed on many campuses, and it's a really exciting vision for us to think about.
1: Yeah, and I, I think some of the idea of the expansion too is campus outreach exists on the campus, but it doesn't exist for the campus. And so, some of our ability to expand isn't just that we've hired a lot of staff, but that we've seen a lot of students graduate and go be faithful laborers in their workplaces, and their neighborhoods, and their families, and their communities. And so that those people actually create a network in central Illinois of faithful laboring and witness here where we say, you know, our presence has been felt to some degree in central Illinois. And so we want to go to Michigan not just to see the campus affected, impacted, but also to see the neighborhoods in Kalamazoo affected, to see the region of western Michigan, the western side of Michigan affected, to see Grand Rapids affected, and eventually to see the state of Michigan changed because of the culture that the gospel, uh, as it's grown and borne fruit, um, has created. And so I think it's important is that it's not just a growth on the campus, but it's a growth of people being mobilized off the campus who never went into full-time ministry, but are faithfully ministering in their own contexts.
0: And obviously, we're really excited about the expansion in Michigan, and so is our entire region. And so we've been praying for it a lot and thinking well for it. So that's some of the tiered kind of expansion approach that two families moved up last year and two, Chase and Jess, along with another couple, moved this summer and then Grace and I will, Lord willing, join them next summer in in Kalamazoo. And so the tiered kind of one year after another approach will really help us be healthy as a team and so that we can see some longevity there in Kalamazoo and we can get to see God do some of these things that we've been praying for and talking about just now. Uh, So that's A little bit about our vision and and dream for Western Michigan and for the expansion. We're asking you to pray for that, pray that the gospel go forth. I'm sure Chase and Jess could use a lot of prayers just as they're getting established and settled there in Kalamazoo. And so that would be a huge prayer request is for the team and the expansion.
1: You know, we moved to Kalamazoo, but Clark's about to move somewhere for an entire month of his life. And so... Clark, what are you about to be doing come Monday?
0: So Monday morning, about 5 a.m., I will be packing up my car and driving down to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee to spend that time with some of our students down at what we call the Summer Mountain Project.
1: What is the Summer Project? Who goes to the Summer Project? You know, explain a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, so the the Summer Project is a nine-week kind of intensive training program for our students. They get jobs in the area. Uh, For us, we work at Dollywood, so all the students will have jobs at Dollywood, and they work three to four days a week. But the rest of the time, they are participating in trainings, living life on life. It's kind of our chance, since they're not in school, to really help develop them in the biblical faith. The whole goal of the summer is that we would really develop our students in biblical truth, help them to flourish off the college campus.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that is so interesting about the summer project is as, as we kind of look at culture, you know, Clark and I were just talking before this, there, there's a book that's kind of called "Apathyism." I think is how you pronounce it. It's probably worth a read if you get time, but it's basically just saying that people are just apathetic towards God. And so how do we engage a culture who isn't hostile to God, but also isn't favorable to him, but just doesn't care. They don't care to think about him and they don't care to feel about God either. Uh, and really I think as we think about a summer project what we're trying to do is we're trying to train our students and grow them to think and to care deeply about God. And so we often talk about like this problem of biblical illiteracy that people just don't know their Bibles. They don't read their Bibles. They don't know what's in the Bible. Uh, and that's a problem that we have faced. Is, is staff people. I didn't really grow up in the church. And so, I, you know, my biblical literacy has always been low. And so we're trying to ask the question, how do we combat that? Of people who weren't raised in the church, people who were raised with maybe even a really shallow understanding of the faith, how do you train them to have a deep, flourishing walk with God? Uh, and that's really the summer projects for And I think some people's solution has been to say, well, if people don't care, then let's lower the bar of how we train them. Maybe we'll do a week and a half of intensive or two weeks, and that can be really helpful. But what we've said is, no, if everyone's being so formed by the culture, by their smartphones, by the news, by all these other sources of information, then we need it minimally, we need to take nine weeks and form them in the gospel. And so really this is an intensive project to train them how to read their Bible, how to share their faith, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a follower of Christ in a deep, intimate way. And so Clark's really going to give his life to something that's that matters. He has a lot of responsibilities down there. And it's super important, I think, as you guys as supporters of our ministry and prayer partners in our ministry, think about it is how vitally important things like this are to shaping future generation of Christian and Christian leaders. Uh, And so what you guys are supporting and Clark going there and and me going to Michigan is shaping the future of the church, the future of Christ's kingdom in the world.
0: You know, we often talk about how uh, training is important, but the follow up afterwards is Mm -hmm. what matters. And I think it is a lot of what we believe at Campus Outreach is life on life. Hmm. Uh, The way we as staff members live our lives, the way seniors demonstrate and live in front of freshmen and sophomores, Hmm. that matters so much more than the Bible study that we put on or the training we do. And so I'll have a room of four guys who they'll all live together, and I'll kind of spend every waking minute of my days with them as we read our Bibles together, as we go enjoy roller coasters together on their off days as we go to church, as we sit in trainings and discuss. I'll be getting really close with those four and helping to shape them into the men that God would want them to be. Uh, And then I'll also be given a few trainings and I think it's helpful just to kind of know what specific trainings are going on down there. So one of mine is a kind of a two-hour training on the biblical view of money. What does it mean to be generous? What does God call us to do and to use our money for? What does it mean to be a good steward? Then I'll be given a training on evangelism. Kind of came up with 10 tips for students who are wanting to share their faith. And it's just helping them think through from beginning to end. What are my motivations? What does the Bible say about evangelism? Is it commanded? Should I have motivations to do this? All the way to, And I need to be praying and trusting God that he's the one who gives growth and that I'm just here to plant seed. I'll be given a third training on anxiety and depression. We've just seen these two things in particular skyrocketing across our campuses. So our students need to know how to deal with it in their own lives. What are strategies and techniques that they can employ? What are habits and ways they can live to help kind of guard their mental health? But also, how can they use these things to help people see the relevance for God? As Chase was talking about the apathy, we've seen that when someone goes through depression or anxiety, the way we handle it as Christians, the resources that we have in Christ are so much greater than the secular psychologist. And so we can point people to a better purpose, a better hope in Christ uh, as they're wrestling with these mental issues. Uh, I'm hopeful that those three trainings that I'm leading along with the 30 other trainings will be really good for our 65 students that are going down there. We have 12 from Bradley. Uh, one is kind of a leader on the project, helping to run it. And then we have two that are going to be room leaders who are getting to a chance to disciple young men. And then we have five other girls and four other guys who are going to be down there. And So we're really excited about just their growth, and we've been praying for them a lot. We hope that you would join us in praying for the project. Pray for the 65 students, that they would walk away with a deeper love and hunger for God's Word, and that they would have a deep desire to share their faith with their friends and family. Well, well, we'll end it here. We just want to th- say thank you for praying for us, praying for our ministry, for giving financially to us. The gospel will not be able to go forth through our lives and through our efforts without uh, your partnership. And so we're so thankful uh, to have people behind us praying for us and giving to uh, this cause. So thank you.